my first short-term mission experience was I went to Kenya in Africa in the late 90s. And um, when we arrived, the thing that impacted us straight away was that things weren't as it was planned. Um, <laughs> the funds we had raised, which were tens of thousands of dollars, had gone missing. Uh, there was no resources to work on the, the orphanage that we were uh, supposed to work and no supplies. Uh, and we had nothing to do. And the, the morale, the team morale, and there was about 26 of us, spiralled so quickly. I couldn't believe how quick it spiralled. And everybody, there was this infighting started happening. And on top of that, two people on the team got seriously sick, and I was one of them. And um, I was, uh, I'd been in bed for days. I was really unaware of what was going on except that I knew the number of people who were coming to pray for me was increasing, which concerned me. <laughs> um, and I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been... You know, it would have been all right for me to start thinking, is this really worth it? Um, and often short-term mission gets that tag, you know, is it really worth all the money, the resources, the effort that goes into it when it's only short? Um, interesting, I was talking to a mate just the other day, who was two weeks ago, who was on the trip with me, and, he's, and he was reflecting on how sick I was. And he said, Pete, whatever they put in that injection they finally gave to you, it sure has kept your hair from going grey. <laughs> so we really didn't know what it was, but it did make me better. There's a group in the States that actually, the Barnard group, who actually do surveys and survey Christian movements. And one of the things that they did, and this is a little bit old, it was 10 years ago, but they found, they, they surveyed people who go on short-term missions. And they found that 75% of the people that went on them, and in the States there's over 2 million people a year go on short-term mission, 75% um, of them actually said their life was changed by going on it. And it was changed in ways like they become more aware of what the rest of the world is like, people's struggles. They became aware of poverty issues, and we've heard that today, and justice issues. They, became, they increased in their compassion. They also deepened and enriched their faith. It broadened their spiritual understanding. Others mentioned that it made them feel more fulfilled, uh, that it made them grateful that it helped them develop new friendships and it helped them to pray more. Um, I'd like us actually just to look at uh, Luke 9, just for a sec. I think, though these are good reasons, and I think also that the fact that short-term mission and mission work connects us and gives us opportunity to grow in our DNA that we've talked about, about pursuing God, loving the family, growing in our generosity, giving the best of the body, living and sharing the gospel. I think there are deeper things as to why we would connect with this. I just want to read Luke 9.1 and, and the next few verses. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them the power and authority to drive out all demons and to curse uh, cure diseases. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing on the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. 
If people do not welcome you, leave their town, shake off the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went out from village to village proclaiming the good news and heading, uh, healing people everywhere. And dropping down to verse 10, it said, When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. The reason I read this is, well, it potentially is a model for short-term mission, but I read it for this reason. It's a testament or evidence that Jesus sends people out. And he sends them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick and to cast out demons. Jesus sends people out. If we go over into Luke 10, 1, we find the same. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and he sent them two by two ahead of him into every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I send you out like sheep amongst wolves. And dropping down to verse 9, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near to you. And down in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submitted to us in your name. Jesus adds this little comment at the end of this account and he says, Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Thinking back to lying on that bed, this verse makes a lot of sense. Often it's not the task that you're doing that is important. It's actually the reality of knowing Jesus in your life is the most important thing. And knowing that you are in heaven, that's the most important thing. And that you are sharing that. And by going, that you are sharing that with people. So I read these verses out as a testament that Jesus sends people, but he also asks people to send people out. That we should ask the Lord of the harvest that this is important to Jesus. If we were to look, out, look right through the Bible, we see that often these words are used that I send out. In Exodus 3, where Moses is standing before the burning bush, God says to, this, to him, So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring, people, to bring my people, out, uh, the Israelites, out of Egypt. If we fast track to Acts, to the new church being born in Acts 8, we have this remarkable story of Philip. And, this, and it says that the Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. And then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. And then Philip, in verse 20, 35 of chapter 8, said that Philip began with the very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. I read these verses, all of these verses out because they are a testament and evidence that God the Father, that Jesus the Son and the Spirit all send people out. The whole triune Godhead, they're all actively sending people out to proclaim the kingdom, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to rescue people, to save people. Last week, Heather spoke to us about orphans and widows. And I, the thing that I was tremendously impacted by in her message was that God, the connection between God's 
character and our behaviour. That God, the loving Father, cares for the orphan, the widow and the foreigner. And so we so boldly claim that we are Christians, that we are God's children, that he lives within us, but does our character show that God is within us? And that do we do these things? And so to connect it to these verses that I've read out this morning, if this is God's nature, his character that he sends out, do we do that? And do we go? It's a deep challenge because it is what God expects. <laughs> There's another thing that uh, Heather touched on last week which was so powerful. The reason that the people of Israel could care for the orphans, the widows and the foreigners was because they'd been in captive for 400 years and they knew what it was like to be a foreigner. Just as us, we know what it's like to experience somebody coming to us and sharing the gospel with us. In Romans 15, verse, uh, sorry, 10, 15, it says, Now then, can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring news. We go, we send, because we know what it's like when someone comes to us with good news, don't we? We know what that is like. We go also because we know what it's like to be loved first, to be loved by God. That's why we go. So we go because God, that's in his nature that he would send and ask us to go and for us to send people out. But we also go because we know what it's like to receive good news. And I'll just finish with this passage in 1 John 4. Starting at verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. He sent his son. Verse 10. This is love. Not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son, an atoning sacrifice. We go because we, want to, we know what that's like and we know what it's like to experience first love like that. And dropping down to verse 17, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world... We are like Jesus. How powerful is that? It's so easy for us to make claims that we are a Christian. But are we like Jesus in this world? Are we like Jesus? We love because we, he first loved us. So we send and we go because it responds to the very nature of God. We go, we send, because we know what it's like to receive the good news and to be loved first.